to be with those movies and episode 52 and uh we have a, a brand new guest um known him for a while we kind of conversate on movies and pop culture so i figured he'd be fantastic to bring onto the podcast kelsey sean hello hello welcome man so we're going back to my old format so um i i have like different formats now i'm a man of many hats when it comes to Beaverdose movies and i've decided let's just do a movie so i i decided to let you pick yes initially i told you i i, I want to do something else but then i had a second viewing and i kind of seen the light i i was originally wanting to do gaiva because i know me and you're into manga and anime as well so i thought that would have been perfect but when you kind of mentioned this to me even further i was like okay i see where he's going so we're gonna so the movie you watched is uh, the ninth configuration so I just want to know why you picked this movie before we uh, deep dive into it. Uh, two reasons. The first is that it's one I haven't seen since I was in grade 11, and that's ages ago. Yes. So I thought I needed to uh, give it a rewatch. And the second is when you sent me your list of possible topics, one of them was sequels. Yeah. And this is yes and no to a sequel. Kind of. And it's sort of a good and a bad sequel at the same time. Yeah, it's kind of like a spiritual sequel in a way. Yeah. Yeah, we, we can kind of tie it from there. Uh, because this movie was by the, the writer and director of The Exorcist. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his name. Um, uh, William Blatty, I think. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, in between this and Exorcist 3, he was locked out of The Exorcist. Because what happened was uh, Warner Brothers really screwed him. Mm-hmm. And he refused to work with Warner Brothers again. Funny enough, when it came time for the uh, production and like the distribution, Warner Brothers ended up getting their way and ended up distributing this movie. Can't um, avoid them. Oh, definitely. So, and then, so we'll be right back. This is a, a quick one because we really want to deep dive into this. So we'll be right, be right back after this. Beaver Does Movies is partnered with Podcoin. Podcoin is an application that allows you to listen to podcasts, but the twist here, ladies and gentlemen, is that you actually get paid. And what this means is when you listen to podcasts, you receive points. And with these points, you will get to check out some awesome items from Amazon gift cards to Starbucks cards. Check it out, guys. iTunes store, Google store, whatever you use, check it out and use the promo code Beaver and you get 300 points and you can just listen to podcasts and get paid for it enjoy guys and we are back and we are talking ninth configuration aka twinkle twinkle killer cane what is that name (laughs) apparently that's the original novel's name because this is based on a book by william peter blatty yeah uh produced by william peter blatty and directed this time directed written starring he's in the movie who is he in the movie? Uh, he's the patient that steals the doctor's pants. <laughs> and the one that's telling him to go on the yellow brick road. <laughs> so he is starring in the movie too, technically. Oh, he's a, he has a very good... Uh, he's a man of many talents. Yeah, or some talents. Uh, this movie came out in February 29th, 1980. I wasn't even born then. And it feels like... To me, it feels like it should have been released in the 70s. It has a weird tone. I, I my, my girlfriend kind of walked into the room and went, how old is this movie? I went, it's only 1980. And she's like, really? I went, yeah. And she's like, can't see it. Especially with some of the actors in this movie, we all know them as old men. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty young looking in this. Middle-aged, in a way. Yeah. 
But yeah, it, this movie looks old. And just feels old. Like It does feel old. Uh, the, the original novel came out in 1966. Yeah. And then he kind of rewrote it. Did like a, a second edition. Yeah, I was looking at parts. some of that history. It was weird because th- it sounded like the original hope was to do that instead of The Exorcist. Yeah. And so there were some rewrites around there. So who knows? And uh, this actually won a Golden Globe for Best Screenplay, which is fantastic because I was kind of like, oh, what is this? Everyone's tuning the scenery. And then by the end, I was actually pretty enthralled in this movie, especially the shift in tone that happens halfway. Yeah. Because this movie gets dark. Yeah, and just sort of kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, pretty much. So the the plot of this movie, and we're not going to go like too deep into it because... It's a lot of vignettes, yeah. basically. <laughs> so, Kelsey, how did you watch this movie? Well, ShoutFactoryTV.com has a lot of free TV oh. and movies and a great eclectic collection, too. Oh, fantastic. I actually found this on Tubi TV. Okay. I've watched a lot of shit on Tubi TV, like one of the previous episodes. I've done two previous episodes where I've picked shit. And I basically searched online. I, I typed in the ninth configuration and, you know, streaming. And this and Shudder came up. Uh, Tubi TV is free. They just have advertisements. Or if you have a Shudder account, it's on there too. Hmm. So let's uh, get into the plot, like like we said. This movie is about a castle that is in the middle of America. I guess it's in the middle of America. Yeah, I they thought... say it's in America, but it's clearly not. It's, uh, it's actually filmed in Hungary. Yeah, but even yeah. without knowing that, like, where are they? Where is there a castle the, like that in the it US? It looked like Transylvania, pretty yeah. much. From what from what I saw, I was like, this is Transylvania. And especially towards the end where you see like there's Americans and I'm like, is this like an army base or something like that? But it turns out it's, and it's covered in fog. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a very creepy movie in look, even if the yeah. first part's not creepy at all. No, no. And so it's after Vietnam and a lot of people are put into this castle who have had like psychotic breaks. Not just like where they suffer from PTSD, like they've completely gone. Yeah, it's like stereotypical schizophrenia stuff. Yeah. And you see, like, the bunch of characters at the start. You see, like, a swashbuckler, a guy with S on his chest. Uh, what other characters do we see? Well, the first one you see is uh, Kutshaw, who is an astronaut. Yes, but- played by Scott Wilson. Um, you would recognize him in The Walking Dead and The OA. And at that point, he looks like he's the only normal person because when you see him, he's just in a room. Yeah. But Uh, then as the movie goes on, you kind of see that he is crazy. Yeah. And then I'm trying to remember if the Shakespeare guy is doing anything weird in the first scene. Oh, is that the pirate looking dude? Maybe that is him. Yeah. He he looks like a swashbuckler. He has like a a stick. He's waving it around. Everyone's just going insane. Yeah. Uh, And... It feels like all the actors in this movie are going insane. Like, and from what I've heard, like Tom uh, Atkins actually said about this, uh, it was meant to be that if he did this job in the US, it would have taken 10 days. But he had to be there for two months. And apparently they were pissed off, they were angry, and they were drunk the entire time. This was uh, Tom Atkins. Who is from like uh, Night of the Creeps, Halloween Free, Escape from New York? He, he apparently hated it. 
I mean, it's also by a first-time director, too, so I yep. imagine that that would be... Was it his first time? Didn't he direct Exorcist? Friedkin did, I believe. Yes, that was it, yeah. This is his first shot. And um, apparently because he didn't want to deal with Warner Brothers, half this movie was paid for by Pepsi. And that product placement's kind of obvious. It is very obvious. And so what happened is, because they had like a lot of uh, stock in Hungary, like they had like bonds and stuff like that in Hungary to pay for it. It was like move all the production over there. And I actually think it kind of worked for the the style and the feel of this movie. Yeah, it's it's just insanely unsettling. And I think to have that same sort of experience, otherwise you would need to build an entire castle. Yeah, pretty much. And so whereas Hungary, pretty abundant with castles, pretty much any place in Europe, my, you know, England, France, you pretty much have a castle, so you're pretty much safe there. We're talking about cause he had a minor role in the movie, and he said that it, it was like he, uh, the director actually financed this a by selling his home in Malibu because <laughs> he paid for half because this was this was an independent production. Yeah, I was wondering how Vladdy came up with the money that he did, and that's a way to do it, I guess. It was like four million, and so they he paid for half, and then he got Pepsi to pay for the other half. With all that product, uh, so what happened was the part I had to have t- may have taken two weeks in the states, but he had it was all over there for two months. All he ended up getting was twenty-two really upset, angry, and drunk actors who had a lot of trouble showing up for work. <laughs> I thought that the script was wonderful, but I don't think that bloody ever got what he wanted up on the screen. I think a lot of us took the job because we were able to go to Prague and Moscow and bounce around. Europe when we weren't working. He decided <laughs> that he would put up the call sheet for the next day at midnight so that you couldn't go anywhere. He pretty much had to wrangle them at midnight to make sure that they didn't go out and just get destroyed. That's that's very fitting with how crazy the cast is in the movie. Yeah, this cast is insane. You got Scott Wilson, Stacy Keach, a young Stacy Keach. I always see Stacy Keach as like an older gentleman, but in this he's like he looks like he's in his thirties, forties. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, uh, Ed Flanders, you've got Moses Gunn, uh, Tom Atkins, Richard Lynch, um, a lot of like good names. And a lot of these people ended up showing back up in The Exorcist 3. When Bloody did that, he also brought in a lot of actors into that movie. Yeah, and there's also some... Maybe it's just one exorcist, Joe, Jason, Joe or Jason Miller. Uh, Jason Miller, yeah, yeah. The, who played the the uh, the young priest. Yeah, he was he's in this movie, and he's he plays a prominent role. Yeah, so I guess he maybe if he's uh, bloody, he's maybe a nice enough guy. Yeah, and okay, here's one thing I want to ask you: is what was the whole point of that theater production? Was it like a theater production where they just have dogs? Or, like, one of the dogs is the main star or something like that? I was trying to figure that out the entire time myself because it's... There's this weird subplot where... An oddly prominent subplot for how it, little it matters. Like, the, the first half, and you don't even see it. All you see is them in costumes, and they're constantly auditioning for dogs. First of all, this is like a psychiatric hospital. Where are they getting these dogs? Well, the first one, I don't know how they get. The second... When they start getting more, it's because of because, stuff that happens in oh, the plot. It, but because, the first one, I'm just confused by. Yeah, and I thought it was a mop. Yeah, 
first time I saw it, I thought it was an animatronic, and yeah. then it's like, nope. And every other shot's clearly but, a dog. But you can like look at it, and it looks like strands from a mom. I wonder if they got a normal dog and just threw it over the top or something, because that can't be its actual fur, because that's cruel. You, you need yeah. to like shave that dog because it's got it's basically got dreadlocks. Oh yeah, like you can't see its eyes ever. You can only see yeah. its tongue, really. I didn't even see any body part. All I saw was the hair. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it might it might have been. They might have got a midget and put a mop over the top of it. Or I don't think there's a midget small enough, so... You never know. <laughs> and so the main... Like I said, the main plot is they bring in a psychiatrist. Um, what, what was this psychiatrist's name? Uh, Vincent Kane. Yeah. Was it... Vincent? I'm, it's Kane. I can't remember if it's Vincent. Was it Hudson Kane? Uh, no. I think Hudson Kane. Hudson Kane... Yeah, Colonel Vincent King. Yeah. And so he, his job is to come in and help heal these people. And there's a lot of weirdness going on. And when, when I think of this movie, I kind of think of Shutter Island. Yeah. I'm... With the way they... Because what they're doing is... Uh, this is going to be like a spoiler field. But it's kind of a Shutter Island in that they're doing like an, an orthodox practice to try and cure somebody. Because it turns out Vincent Kane is like this really murderous Vietnam veteran. Like he's killed what, like 27 people with his bare hands, including a small boy. And the one scene you actually see of him oh. in Vietnam, it, you never actually see him holding anything, but it's clear he's holding a head. No, no, no. In my version I saw, you can see him holding the boy's head. Oh, okay. Maybe. Maybe yours was. Uh, I mean, so, I was watching it at work. Maybe, so. yeah, maybe he was distracted. But yeah, you actually see him holding a, a small child's head, which is like just horrific. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, I'm pretty much going to go to sleep tonight and probably <laughs> I have that seared in my brain. And, but for about an hour, you don't know, you just know that there's a, there is a guy with the same last name. Yeah. Which, if you've watched or, or, movies or enough hit- to clear. You yeah, know, sort of clue you in into what's going to happen. And so the whole interaction is him talking to all the patients, and he's starting to say to him, "Just let them ha- be th- be them." I-, I think his whole practice is that just let them get it out of their system, let them be them. Because if you try and like kind of hold them in, they're eventually going to explode. I think he's kind of using it as like a let them relieve the stress, let them do what they want. Unfortunately, some of the stuff that they do is pretty fucked up because. There is a black character in this movie. And Superman, one, you mean. <laughs> Superman. And one of the first things you see is him in the corner looking on and a dude full on in blackface. And I think it was shit. Oh, I Because what else could like hit look like a, a certain shade? Maybe. And, and he's dancing in blackface in front of him. And I wonder, like, especially with how pissed off they were according to behind the scenes. I wonder how they goaded him into getting in there i mean the more uh because his, his first appearance is you see him in a white shirt with that with, with the, the superman yeah he's, emblem. A, he's all big for the superman and stuff. then the next time you see him in superman related oh uh, my Gar, fucking god the emblem is a nice big n yeah i'm like what the fuck like either they got really drunk and just like hey it'll be funny because i swear the, the the front half of this movie is all improvised i feel there's just like just go nuts. You have so, like this whole front half, it's just. I, I'm surprised there's a castle left because the che- scenery <laughs> chewing 
is just insane. And the hammer. And the hammer with it. Pretty much, they're destroying the walls. Yeah. Like, they didn't get a damage deposit back because <laughs> of what they were doing. And... And later in the movie, you see that plastered over, too. Yeah, yeah. so they probably got yelled at by the owners, like, hey, you're wrecking shit, go fix, apparently. <laughs> so, and like I said, I really, honestly, especially, like, this movie is a slow burn, but the build-up for this movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, towards the end, I was kind of, I feel like they were doing slow burn too, too much, uh, especially... Uh, join the whole biker gang bullying thing. I yeah, f- I feel they could have cut around there because I was getting impatient. I was like, like my missus walked into the room and I was kind of like paying att- like look talking to her as I was watching because I'm like, get on with it. That entire scene is weird because there's a uh, they're like neo Nazi bikers and there's like and weird you, homoerotic overtones. To yeah, it, I like neo Nazi bikers who hate the war. And don't like Marines and... Or or maybe they do, it's weird. Oh, and... Because, it, because they don't like the astronaut for abandoning his duty. Yeah, they're, they're like patriotic, but then they're against the war. They're, they're just... I think they're just villains for the sake of villains. Yeah, every bad thing Black yeah. you could think of. Yeah, like they... They're they, patriots and they're unpatriotic. They, they mouth rape Scott Wilson in this movie. Yeah. In a disgusting fashion. And they're also very fancy. Oh, like, yeah. Like the lead... Like the lead biker? Yeah, the meatloaf guy. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this guy looks cool. And then he takes his fucking glasses off and he has the fucking cat eyes. Oh, like, it's beautiful. Y- you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, right? Uh, not much. Okay, uh, if you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, when Mac is the nightman in the production, he has the exact same eyeshadow as him. And then he randomly does the splits. He ran. <laughs> Basically, they beat up uh, Stacy Keach towards the end, and he's doing a splits. And if you could, you would all the time. You I, know it. Pretty much. Like if I could do a splits, I'd be like, "Oh, you want me to go pick that up?" And then here you go. And yeah. then, but it was just so. You want up. me to taunt a guy on the ground? And their whole thing was a game of beach ball where they basically just toss a guy around and then throw him up in the air and drop him. Which is so high school at worst, right? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You think they would just like gut him or like punch him and like beat him down, especially for bikers. But they were, they were playful bikers. Yeah, it seems like a uh, cutscene from Animal House or something. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, it, like they end up getting stuck into there and the bikers, they can't beat up kids, but they, this is like the next best thing. Yeah. And so another thing I really enjoyed about this was the whole uh, religion aspect. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, and it's so good. Like, the whole thing is uh, Scott Wilson's character is an astronaut, and he is anti-God. But also maybe a Catholic, because he has a St. Christopher medal. Yeah. I, I think his whole thing was, after the whole astronaut thing, that destroyed his faith. Yeah, that's that's a pretty big theme. Yeah, and so what happens from there is he's kind of having a discussion with Cain about God, and then um, Cain, who's played by Stacey Keach, is like, there is a god and he's like how do you know he's like because there's good deeds which actually ties in with his character because what's happened is after he killed all those people in vietnam he had like a switch in his personality he went from this vicious disgusting killer into a healer and just completely and that, uh like the only time you see him get angry is with a superior 
not his superior officer, yeah. but uh, one of the superior officers within the um, asylum. And that whole thing was pretty fucked in itself. Oh, it's so good. Because it, it's great, but they're dressed in Nazi uniform. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, do I really have to wear a Nazi uniform? And I'm kind of green on this. And then Kane in a Nazi uniform. And then Kane in Nazi is dressing him and going, you do what you're fucking told. <laughs> Like Stacey Keach's, I'm surprised he wasn't nominated because he killed it. He, this was a really powerful character performance. But this movie is just so insane. And it's like, considering it's from the writer of The Exorcist, it's surprising because the, the Exorcist is very nu- nuanced apart from the demon. Mm-hmm. But now that I say that, actually, it kind of makes sense. It's kind of like they're taking the demon and just spread it into a whole castle full of people. One, well, the, there's a lot of. I think a lot of the themes carry over too, yes. um, because so much, so much of the Exorcist is not any exorcism stuff. It's, no, it's different characters wrestling with faith. Yes, um, and then all this set around this, you know, tragedy of this uh, possessed girl. Yeah, and that's that, that, both that, basically this movie is like characters wrestling with faith. Yeah, in this weird circumstance. Yeah, so it, I I would agree with that. That it's a spiritual sequel. It's not in the same universe in a way, mm-hmm. but it's kind of as the same themes. Kind of like uh, Darren Aronofsky, how he has Black Swan and The Wrestler. Okay, yeah. How they're different movies with different professions and everything like that with different characters, but they kind of consider the same. Same with like the old book boy, like the Vengeance trilogy as well, which is all about vengeance. You got sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. It's kind of in that style, in that it could be considered a spiritual sequel, even though there is a shit sequel. Yeah. But uh, did you ever hear about the opening of Exorcist 2? I've only seen bits and pieces of it on okay. TV. Uh, the opening, what, what happened was. Are they back in Africa in the start of it? Yes. Okay, so that's not just the first one. Yeah. But in this, but during the first ever showing of it, people rioted. <laughs> and the funny thing was the producers and everyone involved were in the back. And they, they're like, they're usually producers kind of go into a movie theater and kind of gauge people's reactions, like seeing their handiwork. And people were like, I apparently one person in the world what the fuck is this shit? And then... That's how it summarized the yeah, Exorcist pretty, too. Pretty much. And then apparently someone yelled, they're in here. <laughs> <laughs> and they apparently just stoned them and they had to like run to their limo. That's like, great. In, in like a riot scene because they were so mad because Exorcist 1 was so great and then the, the second one was trash. And just like just incomprehensible at yeah. times. And because you didn't have the original writer... He, and a director who hated the first one. Yeah, exactly. So it was a bad combination. And it's just one of my favorite stories is that fans just rioted and tried to attack the producers. Good on them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good on them. And luckily they, they did the third one, which is a lot better movie. I haven't seen that one, actually. It's I... a really good movie. It's uh, You can probably find it easy. For sure. Anyway, so uh, back to the movie. Uh, Although somewhat related and also back oh, to yeah. the movie. Back to the movie. Um, this whether or not this takes place in the Exorcist universe is kind of debatable because yeah. there's an astronaut in the first Exorcist. Oh, okay. Um, he's a very minor character and just credited as astronaut. Okay. Um, and he is warned by the demon that he will die if he goes into space. Yeah, because there's a, a big symbolism where he 
uh, he's on the moon and then he sees like yeah. the crucifix. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if, yeah, that actually makes sense. Yeah. So they never actually make that connection within the movie. Yeah. But, but so, if you know about it, it makes a lot of sense. And since it's the same writer as well, I, I, I'm sure he's probably put that in there to yeah. kind of tie them together, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what else? Do you have anything for this? Anything, anything for else you want to bring up? I think a plot line we haven't talked about is the relationship between Kane and his revealed brother. Yes. Yeah. Because it's very interesting, like especially the body language mm-hmm. at the start. Because when you first meet him, he's... He has no, he has no pants. Oh yeah, because uh, apparently the director stole his pants. Apparently the director stole his pants, and so there's a bit of respect. But thinking back now, yeah, it actually makes sense that they're bro- that they're brothers, because the way he's so calm to him and the way he's so friendly to him, you wouldn't expect that to be from somebody like a superior. And they're in almost every scene together. Yes, like there's. If one of them's in the scene, there's like a seventy-five percent chance the other is. Yeah, it's like, like I said, it's like Shutter Island. There's a lot of tells. Like every time Leonardo DiCaprio in the movie has a cigarette, he never lights it. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and you being in that field, we know that some guys can't have lighters, mm-hmm. so we kind of light it for them. Yeah. So that makes sense, especially from what we know. And there's a lot of tells here. Yeah, well, my favorite one is one because when I watched it in high school, yeah, I was just sort of mesmerized by the weirdness that was going on. Yeah, um, but there's a scene where um, Kane's brother half jokingly suggests, "Why don't we just give them all shock therapy?" Yes, because uh, the ones that were faking won't want it. Yeah, and then the next scene, Kane is doing some late night research, and one of the notes you see is shock therapy. Yeah, curative. Yes. He doesn't even know that. He doesn't know, but he's just, he's basically going from... Another thing I know is, is that the door's constantly open. Mm-hmm. The, the, he's never behind closed doors. And generally, one of the guards or the like the general guy, the, the one that yells, like yeah. he yelled at, is in the vicinity whenever anything that happens. His door's always open. They never leave him behind closed doors with the guys. It's just pretty much... Yeah, and... I think the only time you actually see the office door close is when Kane and his brother yeah. are in the room alone. Yeah. Um, but that's not Kane closing the door either. That's his brother because he has the power. He's the one in charge. Yeah, Kane's the actual patient without knowing yeah. it. Yeah. Another thing is uh, like the whole final scene, once he kind of snaps, like, and he's snapping to save uh, Cutshaw, mm-hmm. is so, like, so relieving. Mm-hmm. Like even though he's kind of given into who he is, just the way he dispatches these people is brutal. Oh yeah, like he's snapping, like when he grabs his hand and kind of. And the funny thing is, um, the scream from the dude, the main leader of oh the meatloaf guy, the meatloaf guy, that's like a stock sound effect now. Oh really? Um, have you ever heard of Our Real Monsters? Yes, but I never watched it. There's a sound effect in the in the title card to that when they when they finish when they start it, it's using that. It's one of those. It's like it's along the lines of a Wilhelm scream. It's a stock effect mm-hmm. that a lot of people use. I've heard it quite a bit. It's a good scream. It is, and so just the beat down here because what happens is Scott Scott Wilson after he learns that Kane 
is not who he says he is. And they've been kind of struggling with each other because he's trying to say that there's good in people. And when we realize that the person that's saying there's good in people is not who he says he is, he kind of takes it really horribly. So he decides to just run away. And he ends up in a bar. Yep. He runs um, straight to a bar. Yeah. Speaking of which, the the waitress. Yeah. Director's wife. Oh. Bit of nepotism right there. And so there's a there's an actress in that scene that I now I'm kind of wondering if that's his daughter because she looks like she's 15 and I'm wondering why there's this 15 year old looking girl with oh, these bikers. Is it, is it the one that kisses him? Yeah. I hope not because that is like. It, I mean, it's going to be weird no matter what, but yeah. the entire time she's on camera, it's like, how young is she? Yeah, pretty much. Especially like a, a 80s young as well. Yeah. Because when they're in the 80s, if they look young, they're young. So she's probably seven. Pro, pro, yeah, she's probably out. She's probably born that day. Okay. <laughs> but. When Stacy, so from here, Stacy Keach, he kind of does it. He kind of knows because what happens is the guy who catches him after murdering everybody shows up because he's having a mental break too. And so from there, what happens is is uh, Scott Wilson gets beat down like really badly because they're just dicks. They know who yeah. he is because apparently he's well known enough to be. Like, yeah, I mean, like they they know him by name. Like, remember the astronaut that drove across the U.S. because of her ex? Like she. Yes. Yeah, that would be that would yeah. be their equivalent. Except I don't know minus by, the diapers. I don't know by name, but I'm sure if in America a lot of people know it by name, especially yeah. so close to the date. And then, so Stacey Keach hears of this, uh, yeah, Kane, and decides to run and go stop him and get, by himself. Yeah. And pretty much, you can. I really like the acting here because he's holding back so hard. Oh, yeah. He's like, you can see his lips quivering. He just wants to get his buddy out of there. Well, and there's so much of that movie where Kane is no emotion. Like, it just looks like Keech is sleepwalking through it. Yeah. And then there's moments like this where you see that all that's extremely deliberate. Yeah, it, it was done because he's a very emotional person. Mm-hmm. Because uh, from what Hudson mentions about his brother, that his brother always used to make him laugh. Yeah. And so once he had his break, his character kind of flipped. So he went from like a, a funny, you know, fun-loving person to this very stoic and silent person. His personality completely shifted. Yeah. And so from there, uh, they beat him down. Like they, they make, make him like say shit. Like the Marines suck and stuff like that. Lick the floor with with a with a cool ass splits from Meatloaf. Yeah, and then finally they grab Scott Wilson and decide to rape him. Like, put, yeah, uh, the one guy decides to put his dick in his mouth. Yeah, pretty much that. No hyperbole. That, that's what's happening. You don't see anything. Thank God. And then and I think they try to act like that's not what it, what's happened because the next shot you see of him, he's holding a knife. Yeah, so. It, they're kind of pussyfooting around that, but it's, but, it's obvious. Because I, I had subtitles for this, and it's like gagging noises. Yeah. like So it's pretty much what it is. Yeah. Maybe he was using the knife to kind of threaten him. But no but one no one actually thinks that. So from there, we get... Uh, Stacey Keach basically fucks up everybody. Oh, yeah. He, he goes like Liam Neeson, John Wick, on every fucking person. Reminds me of um, History of Violence. I haven't seen it. But. Uh, Viggo Morrison, he's like a uh, a guy who used to be like a Russian special agent, I mm-hmm. believe. And then he's just trying to live a quiet life. And then 
people attack him he just flips out and beats the shit out of everybody to everyone's shock and this he, he basically destroys everybody oh yeah and then they they get back and the cops want to arrest him for obvious reasons oh yeah and then so scott wilson comes and starts talking to him saying you know you coming to save me is a good, good oh yeah moment. there's there's some great monologues yeah between them two yeah and, just and then it turns out um stacy killed, killed himself yeah he, he, because he went back to who he was he couldn't live with himself anymore and you and it's perfectly done because he's dead mm-hmm. while he's talking to him and then his hand and just from noticing the blood on his boot it's just amazing oh yeah fantastic it's just so well done and then so then there's like a bit of a time leap yeah there's a epilogue of of yeah. sorts yeah, and you uh, don't know how long so scott wilson's character shows back up to look around and he's in full military uniform He's, he's being called so by some subordinates and everything like that. Yeah, and it's clear that some time has passed because the driver knows about the history but seems yeah. to think it was a while ago. Yeah, and it it, lo- it doesn't it looks like it's been cleaned up too. Yeah. And it, it's kind of dusty as well. Mm-hmm. And so he's walking around and he's kind of like, he finally reads the letter and it's like him apologizing and saying that what I did for you was the reason why. You know, the reason why I died was the goodness in the world. Yeah, and then we didn't. Bring... And earlier in the movie, there's sort of a, there's a bit of a line about like, you know, whether or not there's an afterlife. Yes. Um, and Kane promises that if there is one, he'll try to leave a sign. Exactly, and so he gets in the car, and kind of reaches in, and previously he ripped it off, but he finds his uh, Saint coin. Cr- yeah, the Saint Christopher medal. Yeah, and so that's kind of he's like, how did this get here? I was like, don't know, and so it's a symbol of that there is an afterlife, and that he has. That he had, life is worth living, mm-hmm. and it's just a really well well put done way, and it, I, it's kind of a bit. Although of the worst freeze frame to end the credits, oh, on. it's hilarious. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh yeah, I should have faded to black. You should have faded, it, but it's still hit. But I think that was like of the eighties. They usually have like a still frame. Yeah, I think they could have picked a better one. Oh, they could. They could have. I would have just picked the castle. Okay, fine. So yeah, so the, uh, I would definitely recommend this. Uh, it's very slow burning. It's uh, two hours long. I feel they could have cut here and there and still would have got the same effect. Yeah, but it's... But I, I think it's one of those things. It's one of those things, but like like I said, like towards the end, I, I was kind of feeling... I was kind of like checking my watch. Yeah. It, it, it was kind of... It's kind of getting too excessive. But for me, one of the appeals of it is... There's a so much the Christian imagery, like oh yeah, I have notes yes. on how crazy it is because it's oh um, definitely it's all over the place. Like Blatty's going everywhere. Uh like I could talk for hours about it. Probably <laughs> yeah, we don't have hours. Yeah, <laughs> but but mainly with the movie, like I said, like as something to watch is definitely good to watch on your own. Mm-hmm. Make, make sure you pay attention just because there's so many little nuances nuances and stuff like that mm-hmm. nuances there we go there's, there's a lot of nuances to this movie that you need to pay attention to oh yeah uh it kind of reminds another movie that i kind of think of is uh full metal jacket okay yeah in, in that the sense that it starts off very comical mm-hmm. and then towards the end it gets really dark yeah do, do you agree with that in in the style yeah. of the, the way it's played the way it works honestly the f- there's a I'm not quite sure how many movies there are like it because even when it's comical, yes, it's oddly creepy. Like, 
It is. Um, a recurring few shots they use for scene changes are um, gargoyle followed by uh, upward shot of the crucifixion. Not just the crucifix, but Jesus with the two thieves. Yes. Um, and that's a recurring shot throughout. It is. It is. And also like the, the recurring shot of the castle amongst the mist. Yeah. It looks like it's like another worldly thing. Yeah, you keep expecting someone to die. Yeah, I, I was expecting like demons or something like that. But it's actually very grounded, which mm-hmm. is surprising. And it's really well done. Yeah. So uh, we'll be right back. We're just going to do some more chatting about some other stuff. And uh, yeah, be right back. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a fun and unique fundraising alternative? Ditch the frozen cookies, holiday calendars, and bingo balls. Have your sports team, organization, or nonprofit raise some real dough by trying a Quizzler's Quiz Night fundraising alternative. Quizzler's is a 12-round fun and interactive quiz game experience. Teams are formed and compete against one another on a variety of exciting topics. It's interactive. It's social. It's trivia. Follow us on Facebook by searching at Quizzlers, on Instagram at Quizzlers Winnipeg, or call us today at 204-793-4202. Mention the discount code BeaverDoesMovies to receive 15% off your next Quizzlers booking. Okay, so we are back, and you actually wanted to discuss the themes of this movie, like you actually wanted to like deeper dive, and you mentioned that I, I mentioned some things that kind of brings into the themes so i'll let you take it away and i'll just interject with my my thoughts yeah so i'll start by my interest in this movie is i actually am doing an ma in theology um and so its use of the bible and religion is just insane because it's like kind of good and kind of bad at the same time blatty was a devout catholic um hence sort of these shared themes between the exorcist and ninth configuration um like, at first, I was just writing down, there's scripture allusions throughout. Yeah. Uh, I gave up on that, because <laughs> there's a bunch of them, and some of them are extremely obvious. Some of them are just used in ways that confuse me. Uh, the theme that sort of really develops is this idea of God's righteousness, and it's a big theme. Yes. Um, it's also called the problem of evil. Um I was stumbling over the Greek earlier, so I won't try the Greek because yeah, it's one I, of those I, I days. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, one of those days. Don't. <laughs> uh, but, and so, it's a recurring problem throughout. Yeah, throughout uh, all of history and every philosophy. Why does evil exist? Right. Yeah, and and like the whole thing is is that the evidence of God is that there's good in man. Yeah, and it's a really great. Theme. Yeah, it's a really great theology, and it's just a great. Because the the idea that there there is no God of any sort because there's evil yeah is like it's a sim that there is good therefore there must be a God is yeah. just as simple an answer as there is. is evil so yeah. there must not be a God exactly it's it's kind of like the counterpoint to it yeah because there is good good in this world yeah and it's foolish to just focus on the bad even though it's usually yeah. easier to focus on that, the bad that's usually like the the state of the world nowadays that the sensationalism of everything that to get to get people to listen you have to be bad yeah we get addicted to it yeah we do whereas like this is one of the things that i I do with my podcast is i want to bring out the good in the movies even like i usually don't slate movies (laughs) unless they're really bad and even then i say that hey watch it if you want to watch some terrible stuff yeah like 
you can still have joy in it. Oh yeah, because that's that's the way it should be. Yeah, when it comes down to it, that you you can't get muddled down with bullshit. Exactly. You've can't you've kind of got to just realize that there's still good there. Oh yeah, and for me as a boring stodgy want to be academic. Exactly. Uh, you got to enjoy people trying these themes, even if you don't think they're done well. No. But I appreciate the way that they tried to explain it. and Yeah. And they did it in an extreme way, too. Yeah. Like, a super extreme way. Yeah, because in the movie, Kane is, ends up being a bit of a god figure or a yeah. Christ figure. Yes. And the classic element in Christian theology is that Jesus is the new Adam. Yeah. Cain is the new Cain. Yeah. He redeems the sins of Cain. Yes. Because there's a, a big theme in it with this discussion of good and evil is original mm. sin. They never actually talk about it, but yeah. it comes up. Like, well, do you believe in original sin? Mm. Cain is one of the first people actually born with original sin if you're a Catholic, because Adam and Eve didn't have it. No. So, Cain... They, they developed sin. Yeah. Or is... Uh, Cain and Abel, rather. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, the brother's name, is it Aubrey? Oh, I can't remember. I... Uh, I do remember his name be, begin with an A. Yeah, maybe. Because, because it's a th- part of this theme of um, righteousness is that Cain, instead of murdering, he redeems himself by committing suicide, which is just a strange idea. It is. And Blatty has to come up with a very particular definition of suicide to make it good. Yeah. It's only suicide if it's born of despair. When Cain kills himself, he's not despairing. He's hopeful. He hopes there's an afterlife, and he hopes that his death redeems which is, Which is very much in the way of the way uh, Jesus went. Oh, sorry. His uh, brother's name was Hudson. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was Aubrey. It's your... Well, if you say like a stereotypical English person, it'll be Hudson, right? Hudson, yes. There we go. So There we go. And so, like I said, like the, the themes of this are really pretty much on the nose. Oh, yeah. Like, there's entire monologues about these things, yeah. but they're so, I think, the best written stuff in the movie. Yeah. Because it's a lot of craziness with this, with this really well-written monologues. And the, sort of the pinnacle of um, this theme, because part of the problem when, when people talk about evil um, within the Christian context yeah. is naturally the Old Testament. You have a vengeful God. Yeah. Um, but Cain is used to show how vengeance and anger can be good yeah he's you know he comes in and saves the day by being angry and vengeful when being meek doesn't work yes um which for me i think is interesting not only because of the old testament stuff but oh, also the, the old testament has some pretty hardcore stories oh yeah but yeah. as a mennonite i'm a pacifist and yeah. so it's also like this this idea that any person can use violence is yeah. just Naturally against my theology. Pretty much. And then you have Cain coming in being like, this godlike figure uses divine judgment yeah. as a last resort. Yeah. He kind of heals people too. Yeah. Because he heals Scott Wilson in the movie yeah, through his, his actions. Because his death is a very Jesus-like thing. Yeah. And the, he ties the problem of evil in with meaninglessness. Yeah. Um, You'll note if you next time you rewatch it, whenever you do, yeah, there's only one time where there's only one crucifix on camera. It's yeah. always three, yeah, except for Scott Wilson's yes. dream on the moon, um, where he's dreaming of the moon, yeah. Um, 
But it's the only time that Jesus is not shown with the two thieves. Yeah. Um, and that relates to Scott Wilson's fear of dying utterly alone. Because uh, to him, if he dies in space, he dies alone, and there might not be an afterlife. If there's no afterlife, he'd rather die near his family. Exactly, and that that was very interesting because he he was saying how he was going all around orbit, but he didn't want to go up there. Yeah, because you'd... at least orbit's closer to his family. Yeah, and you know, even even if he understands that in his Catholic faith that God might be on the moon, literally in this dream. Yeah, that's. That's not enough. It's not close enough. Yeah, he is still too far away. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you very much for being on. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Like, we've known each other for a while, and I've been asking you for the longest while, and you were like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I finally cornered you. <laughs> so I really appreciate it. If you have any, like, Instagram or, like, social media stuff where they can get in touch with you or even, like, follow you, go ahead. Well, I'm I'm sort of old school. I have a site that I update whenever the hell I feel like it. Oh, fantastic. And it's just declawedboys.com. Fantastic. And I just use it to upload the occasional long-form essay. Okay. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's boring stuff. Uh, there will definitely be a link in the description. I'll throw it in when this comes out. Perfect. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, Beaver Does Movies uh, Instagram, uh, Beaver Does on Twitter, Beaver Does Movies at Gmail. I'm new school, so don't worry. Uh, and pr- pretty much uh, around this time, that, uh, like I'm leaving for my vacation, so th- these are all going to be locked up. But if you have any uh, interest in coming on the show or even just conversation, Instagram's the way to go. I've been uploading every day all new t- cool stuff. Um, new episodes coming out every week. I've pretty much got a lot on the can, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I might have some bonus stuff coming in and I've got a lot in the pipeline pretty much after my vacation when I come back it's got to be 100% new stuff I've even got a, a huge project in the running which is going to be fantastic and uh, thank you guys thank you Kelsey Sean uh, you definitely got to come back because I need you to watch Guyver so that we can yell <laughs> about it um, one of my friends wants me to watch it too oh okay so, so it's on my list for sure guess what you're watching Uh, Next time you see Kelsey on, we're going to be doing Guyver. (laughs) Later, guys.